0: This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment.
1: Hello, college football fans or basketball fans, whatever you guys may be as we're getting a little bit into that transitional time of the year. Is it football season? Is it basketball season? It's pretty much both. Welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanny Swanson hey, hey, hey. and Brandon. We've got virtually mm, kind of our last football. I think we may have one more. We got to talk about the champion once it's crowned. But this is the last time we're going to be talking about a football game, pre football game this season. And it's the granddad, not the Rose Bowl, not the granddaddy of them all. But it's the biggest game in Arizona. Roll Tide, number two. Versus undefeated Dabo Sweeney dancing his way with the Tigers at number one, because they won the crap games, which were the semifinals.
0: Yeah, that was uh, the the Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all. The maybe granddaddy this, maybe this of one is the big papa,
1: the big papa or big poppy to yeah. David Ortiz. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah,
0: um, I'll be quite honest with you. It was New Year's Eve. I didn't watch these games.
1: I stayed in. I stayed in just to watch these games. What That's tr- why I'm a little salty.
0: What a trooper! Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, they 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 weren't good. I knew Alabama was going to was going to win. I didn't think that they would shut out Michigan State. Um, Clemson. I told you I didn't think that they would win it, but uh, I was I was absolutely right on the quarterback that I would take Deshaun Watson. Boy, did he get it done with his feet against Oklahoma's defense rather, lack thereof.
1: Well, it was just, and I want to, before we talk about the national title game, we got to talk a little bit about the semifinal games. And let's start with that first one, the one you were talking about, Oklahoma and Clemson. The thing I thought while watching it, because I watched folks every minute of these games, because the, the, the way I, Brandon, the way I thought it was, I've given you crap this entire bowl season about the other bowls. But in the end, which were the only two that counted? These two. So I'm like, I am going to watch every minute of these games because, I'll be honest, last year, I didn't see the entire Ohio State. I saw the entire Oregon, Florida State. I was not going to miss Mariota beating down on Jameis Winston. But the Alabama-Ohio State game, I was like, Alabama's going to roll them. It's going to be easy. And then Ezekiel zul- Elliott had that touch on, like, I gotta turn it on. I couldn't get the remote in my hand fast enough. But this time, it was exactly what I thought last year. Alabama rolled to an easy win. The first half of both of these games, close. You look at the Orange Bowl. You have a 17-16 to score going into the half, and then Clemson runs away with it, shutting out Oklahoma in the second half, whereas... Alabama shut Michigan State out the entire game but it was 0-0 until the second quarter and then it was only 10 to nothing at halftime before Alabama ran away with it 28 to nothing in the second half and it was just to me a it was something that I saw on an article from the com network and the headline just read now with a couple years, it's time to rethink the bowl system with the playoffs included in that. Where we've had a couple years now, two to be exact, with these playoffs, maybe we expand it a little bit. Maybe we do. Because these games, I like, I don't know why these games were clunkers. Because it wasn't just these games. It was all the New Year's Six games except for, like, maybe the Houston-Florida State blowout. Just blots all over the field.
0: Yeah, you know, well, I will say, to start things off, we are seeing the two best teams in college football duke it out at the end. And a lot of times you don't see that. You see Upsets. uh, upsets. You'll get at least one, but that didn't happen. I mean, you are seeing the two best teams, one and two, in college football, I mean, and that's that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm really excited to watch the national championship game next week, because it's going to be a real I think it's going to be a really good battle. I think it's going to be close. I can't call this game yet. That's for sure. But is it time to rethink expansion of the playoffs? Yeah, you need to make some games, some more games that really matter. Cause you know I, what I, I, I think? You gotta. I think expand to eight. I well,
1: that's what I was going to throw see, out. There. I see.
0: I see. Starting with one through four, you could have probably started with one
1: through eight, and it could have worked. Or you could have said, okay, if you're saying eight is too much, you could even say, okay, we'll do six. Have the first round be three through six, where the one and two team, like your incentive for going undefeated like clemson is to get a buy you get a buy through that first round yeah Kinda, there, we could even do that there's if we a lot of to. ways
0: that we can that we can go about it but i think it's a lot it would be more incentive for teams to really really want to win that game because you know it's not like it's just oh here's the outback bowl um with you know you know this team and this team and you know, this team loses 45 to 6.
1: Was the Outback Bowl, Northwestern, Tennessee, was that was yeah, that, that one?
0: Yeah, I think it might have been. Um, I'm good, man. 40, I'm good for calling four, that off the top of my head. 45 to forty five to 6, yeah. Tennessee. I mean, not to say that Northwestern came in saying, oh, yeah, we would love to lose. But, <laughs> but there would be more incentive, I think, for them to bring mm-hmm. their A game, bring their best game, instead of, oh, we're just in a bowl game just like all those other crap games that were on TV were just bowl games. They meant nothing. Cuz at the end of the day, what what do you get after that? Do you get some big trophy that you get to hoist up in the air and say we're national champions? No. You get to get a couple of gift certificates to Outback for the team. Woo-hoo-hoo! You know like it doesn't matter. What matters is the competition, the fierce competition of those four best teams or what I think could be, and Ricky, I think you're with me here, eight best teams going for the Big poppy.
1: Oh, well, and I totally agree. The one thing, this is what I thought New Year's Day. I was watching the Rose Bowl, and you know what I thought to myself? Huh, I wonder what a Stanford-Clemson game would have looked like. Like I was wondering what these games would have been, or I sat there and went, "Huh, I wonder what a Michigan-Alabama game might have looked like."
0: Please don't tell me you were one of those people that went, "Huh,
1: Christian McCaffrey should have won the
0: Heisman." Oh no, no, there were too no. much. There was way too much of that. I, Brian, Brandon, Greasy, keep your mouth Brandon, shut, buddy.
1: I was not sitting in the background going, "McCaffrey for Heisman." I wasn't doing that. Let's be honest, and that's me throwing a joke at that Stanford fan. That during McCaffrey's entire press conference, he's sitting there going, "McCaffrey for Heisman, for Heisman." It's like, shut the fuck up, dude. He had Come one. On. He had he had a, he had a couple of
0: good games. Good. for no, him. I
1: mean he set he broke Barry Sanders' record. But here's the thing, and, and the, you got me off on a little bit of a tangent. But good. I'm gonna say it.
0: Good. I'm glad I here's did. Here's
1: the thing with Christian McCaffrey. I was. Texted by old podcast friend, used to be a part of MVP Dave Oster. If you're an oldie, you know the OG. And every in once Dave in a while, Oster.
0: you think he's gonna make a comeback, and
1: then he <laughs> doesn't show up. He comes back for a little bit, and then he's gone. He's the phantom. But he texts me, and he's like, "Do you think McCaffrey's gonna make it in the NFL?" Because Dave's the kind of guy where he gets really into college football around draft season, around bowl season where he'll focus on guys that like like the young freshman quarterback at Louisville, that Jackson kid. Not even on my radar, but Dave's like, oh, this kid looks pretty good. He's focusing on him now because he's thinking about draft time. He's thinking about scouting players. I can't disagree with him. I love draft time. But my first thought with Christian McCaffrey was, he ain't going to make it in the NFL as a running back. Maybe a wide receiver like a... Um, like a Ricky Prohl kind of, or a Wes Welker in the slot kind of guy, like Julian Edelman, but he's not going to make it as a running back. I don't think he's tough enough. And you could say like, oh, well, Ricky, he is. No, I don't think he's, he doesn't fit the build of an NFL running back. Um, To me, he's more of a, he would make it more as a pass catcher, let's put it. Not a wide receiver, a pass catcher.
0: He'd probably be more of the, what, Danny Woodhead type.
1: Mm-hmm. If he did play running back, he'd be Danny Woodhead. But I'm putting him more as I'd put him in the slot and have him be like Julian Edelman. I mean, Edelman can play outside, but I would put him. I think Julian Edelman would be a great. Actually, that's a great kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Comparison, um, comparison for him.
0: Yeah, I I think – but I I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, just to be able to make it in the NFL is good enough. They'll find a spot for you. Oh, yeah. If you're willing to play, they'll find a spot for you. Well, and
1: that's the attitude not a lot of players have is what role can I fit to this team? Most players come in and go, this is me, have the team fit around me. Yeah, Johnny Manziel. Exactly, but we're not going to get into that. Let's get into (laughs) – This game, more in-depth. Alabama, Clemson. I'm going to tell you this. I'll tell you my winner right now. You want to know my winner? Alabama. Yeah, I know. The reason why I'm saying Alabama, and the the reasoning may have you going, oh, Ricky, you're one of those guys.
2: Ricky is one
0: of those guys. I don't even know what he's going to say. The
1: day after the semifinal games, I look through on my phone how Snapchat has like the ESPN stuff. And I'm looking through it, and I'm swiping through, and they come to where they played a bit of Dabo's post, post-game interview, and then they played a bit of Nick Saban's. And Dabo's basically in a nutshell was, we're going to the natty. We're going to the natty. Whereas Nick Saban was asked, hey, you going to smile now that you won this one? And you know what Nick Saban said? No, we got one more to win, man. We got one more game left. That's why Alabama's going to win. Clemson is happy that just by the coaches, because teams kind of take on the personality of their coach. I'll tell you this, a week from today when we're recording this podcast, Clemson's going to be happy. they're there. Alabama's going to be hungry to win the game. Because guess what? Alabama has not forgotten about last year. They have not forgotten. That's why I think they beat Michigan State like they did, because they were thinking about last year. They were thinking we can't let up on anybody or else we're going to lose. We can't come in thinking we're going to win because then Ohio State beats us. That's what they were thinking.
2: Well,
0: I don't necessarily think that you can knock Dabo Sweeney for being excited that his team's going to the national tournament or the pardon me, pardon me, I say national tournament, the national, the national championship. championship. But I. I, I don't. Th- I don't think you can knock him, but I also don't think that you can say that just because Nick Saban doesn't have a smile on his face doesn't mean that he's not excited that his team is going there. They have two different personalities. Nick Saban is much more to to the media, to the people that can see him and put the camera on mm-hmm. him. He is much more very serious, very stoic in a way.
1: Whereas Dabo wears he, his emotions on but his sleeve.
0: Saban knows how to have fun. Mm-hmm. Saban can do that for sure. Dabo is is different in the sense of what you just said. He's outwardly going to show his emotions all the time. He's a character. But both of them are characters. Both of them are great coaches and both of them are very excited that their teams are going to the national championship See, game.
1: I just feel and this is this kind of, this is kind of like a longer thing is Nick Saban's been there done that. Nick Saban is going to have his boys ready to go, ready to play. Part of me feels like Clemson may feel like, okay, we're ready for this one. But especially with Dabo at Clemson, it's always been, we got to get there. We got to get there. We got to get there. And then something doesn't happen. In recent history, like last year and the year before, it was, oh, we lost to Jameis Winston. Oh, wait, Jameis ain't playing. We lost to the backup that there's been this one thing that just stands in their way. Alabama, to me, is going to be ready to play this game better than Clemson because Clemson's just going to be happy they're there.
0: In Alabama, it's going to be interesting to how their defensive front um, matches up against Deshaun Watson because he's not Cause just he a can, pocket passer. because he, he, he can roll out of there, and he can do exactly what Tyron Taylor did to the Jets yesterday. He did not stay in the pocket, and he moved freely around there. They could not get to him, and that's going to be one thing. If Alabama cannot do that, that is going to be rough. But I think that their defense will definitely be up to the task.
1: See, and I'm just like, I'm trying to th- like, I'm looking back at Alabama's schedule, and the only game, the only game we didn't see him play well was that old that old Miss game. But really, it wasn't a. Um, but I'm thinking of his last name's Kelly. Chad Kelly, he's not a mole, He's not a Deshaun Watson guy. He wasn't going to kill you with his legs. He just had some really good passes. And he, and he got Kelly lucky had it a couple of times. Well, I mean, if we're speaking from Brandon's roll-tied heart, got lucky a couple of times. I just thought they were phenomenal plays. That the football gods were looking down on the Rebels that day. It's called luck. With the favorable eye. But thanks, Brandon. I was trying to put a different light on it, but... Thanks for uh, popping my balloon there. You're welcome. But to me, the key for Alabama, the defense is going to be ready to play. The key to me is Jay Coker. The reason being is Coker can't be what we all thought he would be. He can't Dennis Green it. He is who we thought he was. He's got to play just as good as he played. In the semifinal game. And how about that? Efficiently.
0: 25 of 30. 286 yards, two
1: touchdowns. He was good. No picks. He was good. He's got to play a clean game. Because I'll tell you what. Shaq Lawson, who got injured in that Clemson game, he's aiming to play for the—he expects to play in the national title game. Shaq Lawson going to get after Jay Coker. Because, I mean, yeah, there's a national title on the line. But guess what else Shaq Lawson's thinking about in the back of his head? Going up on those draft boards. And with a great game against Alabama, if Shaq Lawson and the Clemson defense can outplay the great defense of Alabama, that's just going to push Shaq Lawson, I would say, even to the top ten. One thing
0: that I really liked about Alabama is that they had some balance to their offense this past game against Michigan State. Well, it, it wasn't, wasn't just Derrick Henry, Henry, and it wasn't just a passing game. It was a really nice, uh, really nice balance there, and that's what they're going to need to have when they go against uh, the the Clemson Tigers. Tigers, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a big game. I, I think that we're going to see ourselves the best game of the season uh, next next Monday night. I'm excited.
1: I'm telling you this. I'm going to make another bold prediction. I'll tell you this right now. Wayne Gallman and Deshaun Watson are not going to have 150 and 145 rushing yards like. Simple as this, though. They do. They win. Oh, they do. They win. But it's probably—I'm not saying they get, like, those two for Clemson get shut down like you had Damian Terry— I know he only had one carry, but 14. Then you had London with 11 yards on five carries. Scott had eight yards, and he had the most with six carries. It's like Michigan State didn't have a run game. And I mean, of course, later you got in the game, all you had to do was pass, pass, pass. But if you're Alabama, if you're on defense, shut down the run game, and you're going to win the game. If you are the Crimson Tide... I am going to go with Alabama. Did you say who you were picking? No. Give a pick. No. No?
0: No. Not till later.
1: Not till When's later?
0: At the end of the show.
1: Okay. You're going to give your prediction at the end of the podcast.
0: Yeah, I'll do it at the end of the podcast.
1: Okay. So, okay. Now on the podcast, we're going to kind of switch gears here, Brandon. We're not going to be talking about the football anymore. We'll get to football later. I know Brandon's a little footballed out with all the bowl games, but we've got we did it for the onside kick. Now we're doing it for the primetime podcast. We have a special call-in guest, his second time, not on this program, but on multiple programs. He was on the onside kick for our call. in we have Trevor Kinney. And when Trevor was like, Yeah, I want to be on the Primetime Podcast, Brandon, he wanted to talk a little bit of Louisville basketball. And before I I, I completely forget, Trevor, say hello to everyone out there listening to us. Uh, Hey, guys. And we're going to be talking Louisville basketball. And the thing I just got to bring up is, because, Trevor, I got to hit you where it hurts a little bit. What was with the two-point loss to Kentucky, man?
2: Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't go into that game watching it expecting the best cuz they just haven't been able to win against Kentucky.
1: They've just so, been a powerhouse Kentucky has. That's
2: Yeah, like the the last I think five I think the only time that they've won in the last 5 years was that time that they won the tournament in 2012.
0: And see here,
2: season, I think.
0: you know, I was I was a little disappointed, you know, coming coming into into this segment. I thought we were talking all about the incredible strippers that they got at Louisville. So <laughs> I'm a little bummed out that we're not talking about them. But, you know, I, I think you go to that that game against Kentucky and what people were all talking about after that one was that last shot. That last shot by Damian Lee, and they were going, well, one, horrible, horrible drawn-up play. Ricky or I could have drawn that play up. It was not good. They didn't need to go for the win. They could have gone for the tie. I mean, what what was your reaction? What were your thoughts? Did, did, did your TV break? I mean, were you as upset and, and looking like beside yourself as I was? Because I couldn't believe it.
2: I was pretty excited just to be down by two on the last possession with the ball after they were down 16. I was getting pretty mad at that. And I was like, this is going to be like last year. They, they'll keep trying to get back in, but Kentucky will just keep that 10-point lead the whole game." But, yeah, I, I was pretty mad after that last possession because Damian Lee took step back three off balance probably
1: 1 foot. And I mean spoken like a true cub fan, right? With me in the play like when you were like, "Oh, I was just I'm just happy to be down two. Brandon, doesn't that exactly sound like me when we're in the NLDS? "Oh, I'm just happy to be playing the Cardinals." We yeah. won the wild card yeah, game. Yeah, Ricky, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> just happy to be here. But I mean, and the thing that this is To me, if I, because I'm not a Louisville fan, I'll be honest. I'm an Illinois fan, is. You? The thing, yes, me. (laughs) Me, the kid from Illinois. But, I mean, the thing that I kind of just see from, and I'm looking at the box score, and this kind of jumps out like a sore thumb, is when you've got Lee, who we mentioned, the final shot, eight for 20 in the game. Then you have Snyder. 0-5 0 of 5 in the game. You have Oaku, 4 of 7, 10 rebounds in the game. It seems like I'm looking down the sheet, nobody could make a basket for Louisville. And for me it's maybe it's cuz I'm not a Louisville fan, but why was Lee taking so many shots? Uh, well,
2: he at uh Drexel, he was playing like low sc- lower school. He was playing great there, so I don't know.
1: He could kind of be the man on that team?
2: Yeah, I'm kind of of surprised that a really veteran coach like Bettina would allow a guy like that, even as a senior, to kind of just throw up shots.
1: That's the one thing, and I know Drexel isn't... Drexel's not in this conversation, but I'm going (laughs) to throw it out anyways. It was like when I'm watching... Uh, it was the Utah-Duke game. and Oh, that was a great game. Oh, it was a great—like, I loved watching that game. I can't remember the kid's name, but Utah has this player who transferred from a D2 school, and Dickie V was talking about it the whole time, where the, you could see in his game the kind of—where he has those, like, D2 mistakes. Like, one of them was— contesting a three by Duke and Duke made the three and guess what you get to do there Brandon you get to go for the four-point play and there's just some of these things and like Trevor you say like oh well at Drexley was able to do different things I think right away of my Illini were the last I want to say it was the last two years when we had Ravante Rice were Rice, when he was at the school that he was at prior, was kind of like the man, and he was the man with the Illini too. But when he was, when you make that jump to the power conferences in college basketball D one, you got to play as a team. You got to play smart, and I'm looking ahead in the schedule, and you guys have North Carolina State coming up next. What are as the resident Louisville fan, Trevor, what are you feeling going into the, going into the NC State game?
2: Well, Now I'm feeling pretty good. Before the season started, I was thinking of them as being a pretty scary team in the tournament. Going pretty far last year, and then all the, pretty much returning all their guys. Cat Except Barber.
1: for Rosier, right? Was that the only one you guys lost?
2: Oh, I'm talking about NC State. How oh, okay. Most of their guys. Yeah, I think the stat was about. I think Louisville lost about 85 percent of their scoring from last year.
1: And of course, most of them coming from point guard Terry Rosier, who yeah, he yeah, got drafted by the Celtics, I think, in the NBA and draft. And
2: Montrez Harrell and Wayne Blackshear were the main ones. They were, like, the only guys that scored last year.
0: Now, Trevor, does it worry you at all that your two losses come to Michigan State and to Kentucky, and then you've got now coming up in the next couple of weeks, you've got in the next couple of games, rather, you got Pitt coming up. They're ranked at 24. And then going later down the season, you got Virginia, North Carolina, stuff like that that if you can't beat some of those teams, some of those ranked teams, that you guys will slowly even if you're beating the unranked teams find yourself slowly going down the top 25 list. Does that worry you at all?
2: Uh a bit, but the thing is we it seems like they will beat the higher ranked teams in ACC play but then they will lose to the lower teams. Like last year I think they lost to Miami and Florida State and a couple other of the lower tier teams, but then they beat Virginia. I think they might beat Duke once and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I
0: hear you. I, that's always that's always one thing that I kind of give my my one of my buddies a hard time about. He's a Purdue fan and and Purdue they're they're in the right there in the pack as well. In the top twenty-five, but I always give them a hard time. Well, who've you beat? I mean, mm-hmm. to, to, to to make a case for being there, who have you beat? I can tell you who you you lose to, but not necessarily who you beat. But
1: let's no, not what, br- let's not bring up Big Ten basketball. I could go all day on Big Ten basketball, I, Brandon. I'm sure you could.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you could. Uh, my my other question for you is, you know, just just how good after, after you saw it? Go. It goes back to that. Kentucky game just how good is Tyler Euless? I mean he is one of the best and fun to watch
2: oh yeah he, he seems a lot like it's, it's just a one game sample but Aaron Harrison when they played in the tournament two years ago and Aaron Harrison just lit them up that game like Euless did last week
1: now, I'm—of course, me, the thing that I look at when I'm looking right here at the Louisville page is I love March. Let's just be honest. Gotta my love two, March. My, for college basketball, there are two times I love most, the entire month of March and Midnight Madness at the beginning of the season. Brandon, I've told you many times that I'll take off work for Midnight Madness so I can watch college basketball— all throughout the night, stay up all night, sleep all day before I watch big games in the evening. And I'm looking at Joe Lenardi, Trevor. He's got Louisville right now. I mentioned it before we hit the record button. He's got Louisville as a four seed. And I know Brandon talked about, well, you know, you've got the big games against, you've got to play Duke twice. Virginia twice, you got North Carolina in there. to me, your biggest your biggest stretch of games that's the toughest is there's a one, two, three, four, five, six game stretch where you go on the road to Duke, on the road to Notre Dame, home against Syracuse and then Duke again, and then you go on the road against Pitt and Miami. When you're looking there as a Louisville Cardinals fan and you see Joe Leonardnarty has you guys as a four seed in the Midwest to start conference play. Are you sitting there going, oh, okay, I hope we don't fall? Or are you going, you know what, we can make a jump. We can go to three. We can go to two. Where else can we go from here? Is it more of a let's not fall, or what can we take as a Louisville fan?
2: Well, the only time that I can really remember – like the close few close past like last five six years other than that national championship season they've been a four or five seed every year and i i don't know why but i just can't see them as anything other than that like i, I don't see them moving up to a three or two Is there a I, chance I, you I agree guys with fall? you i agree with you i i, I don't to Trevor, a five,
0: Trevor. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I don't see them being <laughs> anywhere outside of four or five. They they really. They never have been. They've really yeah, never been that I top can't one through three,
2: six or seven next no, to their name.
0: That no, no. You just you, you don't put that type of number next to that type of team. You just don't do it. How,
1: but how crazy would it be? I'm not saying this is going to happen. Well, it may happen in the reverse because. I don't know if the Ricky Woodward kiss of death has the reverse effect. If I say oh, something bad, dare. I won't. But the <laughs> you notice how they do that now. Whenever I bring it up, our fans just go, don't you dare. But what no I was going to say is wouldn't team? it be weird if this was the first year where it was Louisville an eight or nine seed. So I'm talking about the reverse. Maybe if I say something bad, really good things will happen yeah, probably not. for Trevor and Louisville. The one thing I will bring up, though, because I did mention the kiss of death, what did I mention in the Cardinal Seahawk preview this week? That I was kiss of death in the Cardinals, and the Seahawks just blew them out. I mean, yeah, but don't worry, wow, Trevor.
0: I am so proud of you. Don't worry,
1: Trevor. I'm not going to kiss of death your Cardinals— I won't say what I was going to say.
0: So I've got now, Trevor, I've got a question for you because that's I had to put my hand up. That's the only way you can ever get Ricky <laughs> to stop talking. But um, my question for you, what is the team that scares you the most going down the stretch? The team that you look at and you go, I, I just I just don't want to play. them. I don't have a good feeling about them." What, what's that team for you?
2: As in the tournament or
0: in the regular season? Regular season. So, like, ACC? ACC, yeah.
2: Um, probably Duke.
1: Duke's a weird team, though. It's like what this Duke, year. This what year. Duke, it's like, what Duke are you going to see? The Duke that plays lights out or the Duke that showed up against Utah? Yes.
2: They just can't seem to be Duke very
1: much. Yeah, like- and I— Virginia
2: and North Carolina, they both split last year, and then Duke, they got swept probably the last two years, I think.
1: See, but the thing with Duke, and I mean, this is a little bit off the Louisville train, but its I think it's going to be a relevant statement, is Duke and the ACC, I'm going to look very closely at them because I don't think uh, Allen Grayson or Grayson Allen, whatever the kid's name Grace is, he's not going to be Tyus Jones. He's not the Tyus Jones-type player. The only reason he's the starter is because he had a hell of a championship game. He had one game. One hit wonder. No, that's what I, I would, think.
0: I wouldn't say that. Grayson Allen's been pretty decent.
1: But he's not going to be that Tyus Jones level when the chips are on the table and the going gets tough. Can, I, that's tell you, what I, can think. I tell
0: you what, though, Ricky? I don't think you have anyone right now at the Tyus Jones level. You want to know why Duke is ranked 14, not one. That's why.
1: Yeah, not one at all. Where you have Kansas and... Oklahoma 1-2. Those could be the team. I mean, I'm going to throw that out. Last question for you, Trevor, a kind of fun one. You're in the tournament. Let's say you're a four seed. Who would you, you got to pick one of them. As of right now, who would you rather meet in the tournament, Oklahoma or Kansas? Um. Number one in the nation, number two in the nation. I know they go at each other tonight as we are recording this podcast, but they look like the stronghouse, like strong players this year. If you're a Louisville team, who who are you just saying, you know what, I want to take them on in the tournament and beat them because that would be a great story?
2: Well, I'm kind of tempted to say Kansas because there's a correlation between the Michigan State game scores with Louisville and Kansas but like because I think we could hang with them set, but I, Oklahoma, I'd have to say, because with Luzo's defense, they can... You don't often see them shutting down stars by points, but every now and then they can. And if they can get on Buddy Heald, Oklahoma doesn't have another, like, second tier player, really. Yeah, they don't. like they They're really solid all around on their starting five, but they don't have like, it's not a Golden State Warriors where if Curry's getting shut down, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green can take over right away.
1: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing you mentioned, um, Buddy, you want to know what's the best thing I like about him? He's a senior. What? That's what I like about him. He's a senior and he stayed in school. None of this one and done with Buddy. I
0: heard, Stay in school, kids. I heard that's one, what Ricky's telling well, you.
1: I hate the one and done rule. I really do, but that's a topic for another time. I want to, unless, Brandon, you have anything you want to bring up to Trevor.
0: I'm good. Trevor, thanks so much for coming on, my man.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, anytime. We appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I just got one more thing to say.
1: Go ahead. The floor is yours, Trevor.
2: Yeah, Yeah. school Vikings.
1: That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. So that's going to do it for our uh, call-in. Trevor, thank you for uh, calling in, and may- maybe we'll have you on in the future again because it's always a blast when we get to talk to Trevor Kinney. And
0: and thank Trevor, God. Trevor, best best of luck to the Seahawks, my man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, and now the last part of our podcast, and we're getting closer to your pick, by the way. I haven't forgot about that. So if you're still sitting there going, But I want to know who Brandon's going to pick to win the championship game. It comes after this. And we're going to be talking about—I brought this up to you last night, Brandon, as Adam Scheffler tweeted it out as soon as it was official. He just plain and simple. The Tennessee Titans are on the clock. Because they are. They've got the number one pick. In the NFL draft, and Brandon— they I
0: got worse from last year. They
1: did. They got one pick worse <laughs> than last year. And I kind of wanted to talk about not necessarily who they would pick from the NFL side of it, who they should pick at number one from the college side of it. So just to throw the disclaimer out there, we're not necessarily going to be looking at what the Titans need— We're going to leave that to me and Mark on the onside kick for me and Brandon today. We're going to be talking about what players deserve the number one pick kind of rating name, however you want to think about it. And Brandon, we had a poll on MVP's Twitter at most valuable pod where we asked out just simply, if you were the Titans, who would you take number one? And 63% 62, 63% said other over Laramie Tunsil and Joey Bosa. Other. So do you think, and I know you replied with anybody who's going to make the team better, but I'll throw this out there. Does Ezekiel Elliott go number one to the Titans? Uh, you Does know, he deserve to be number one? You know, here's here's the thing
0: you are a pretty darn good player if you're going number one. Zeke Elliott is a pretty darn good player. Do the Titans need that? They've got this guy named David Cobb, who I think is just a rookie, who, yeah, you didn't see any flashes of brilliance there because you went with um, so, and Antoine uh, Andrews mm-hmm. or something like that. What I think that we may be seeing Tennessee go for is offensive line. That was the problem. So you And I know that you s- said, uh, Mark and I all handle football, the NFL side of it. Well, you and Mark can <laughs> handle it still, but I'm going to tell you what I think.
1: Well, it's you're, got you're to, great at that. It's that's got, the best thing is you tell us what you think.
0: All the time, whether you <laughs> care or not. But I care, and that's the point. Um, <laughs> it's got to be offensive line because
1: you got to protect Mariota. You got to protect
0: Marietta, M- Mariota. The, they clearly showed this year that they couldn't. As he was injured twice, they had no running lanes, they had no time to throw. They're 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 god awful. It starts at the offensive line.
1: See, and one of the things I think about is with Joey Bosa. Is Joey like the thing that I'm sitting here going is, I know I threw the Zeke thing out there, but let's be honest. That was to get the ball rolling. If you really thought that I was making a case for Zeke to go first, you're crazy. There were probably a lot of you that were like, oh, here's Ricky again, thinking of running backs going in the top five. But Joey Bosa's been the guy, ever since we started like the way-too-early mock drafts, everyone's been like, oh, well, he's the guy to go at number one. He's the guy to go at number one. I'll be honest, Joey Bosa, to me, after watching this college season, now know if you have a different opinion, Brandon. He didn't have, how do I want to say this? He had a better 2014 than he had a 2015. That's how I'm going to say it. If he comes out live, we're talking last year, number one pick. This year, he just, to me, didn't seem like he had that great of a year. Now, is it because we were all looking at Ohio State and they had the microscope because they were the defending champion? I don't know. But to me, I think Joey Bosa had a better season last year than he did this one.
0: I didn't really focus on Joey Bosa's season, just kind of college football in general. I didn't really take a look at, at what he did outside of getting ejected this past weekend on kind of a BS hit. Um, or, or not the hit wasn't bad, but the ejection was. But uh, yeah, I didn't take a really a look at him. So that's why, honestly, I think for the Tennessee Titans, they could go after anything and th- probably get a win.
1: I'm going to throw out a interesting situation. Okay. Now Doriel Green Beckham hasn't been exactly what we had hoped from the Titans. What about the kid? Out of he's a Crete, Illinois guy, right here, South Side. Actually, I believe Crete, Illinois would be Will County. Is that Will County still South Side area of Chicago? Played a little football at uh, Old Miss. A certain Laquan Treadwell. Does he maybe go number one to the side? Does he deserve? Let's let's start phrasing it this way. Does he deserve to be number one? No. 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 Why not?
0: Because he's not going to be he's not going to be number one because that's not the biggest area of
1: need. That's
0: why he doesn't deserve to be number one.
1: So you're saying go with the guy like maybe like some of the offensive. I know Brandon that I'm just going to say it. I've been I love draft season. I was focusing on draft season at the beginning of the year with my way too early mock draft. Uh, yeah, that's annoying. Middle of the year I had my mid season mock draft. So you're saying the guy the college kids we're probably going to see. Drafted number one overall, Laramie Tunsil, offensive line. Maybe a Ronnie Stanley, depending on how the offensive lineman rankings kind of change as we go through the draft process.
0: See, that's what that, that's what I think. But but the thing here right now is, I'll be honest with you, the Tennessee Titans are hurting for talent. They don't have much. Well, of
1: it. and we don't even and know I, who their head coaches.
0: But see, that's the thing is, I I also don't think that. Why would you go after a Laquan Treadwell when, oh, great, you got him. Can you get the ball to him? I mean, if you don't have the time to get the ball to him, you just made a horrible decision. If you go and get Ezekiel Elliott, but you don't have a good offensive line to run behind, that doesn't matter. These guys need to be set up with success or for success with some successful people. That's why I think you have to go offensive line right away.
1: Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I completely agree. That's why on my 1.0 mock draft, if you haven't seen it, go check it out at mostvaluablepodcasts.com. That's why I had the Titans in my 1.0 going with Tunsil over Bosa, is you got to protect Marcus Mariota. And at, at this point, until things happen in the process and things change, I'm going to say Tunsil's my number one guy because – if we're looking at the just first round as a whole, and I know this is going a little bit in the NFL mind, but I don't think Mark will mind if we dabble we into won't a little him. bit of it. We won't, this will be our little secret, Brandon. Our little Brandon. secret, yeah. Guys out there, don't don't tell Mark. This will be our little secret. But in the NFL draft, the first round, there's four offensive linemen, and they're all going to be gone by the 20th pick. You've got Laramie Tunsell out of Old Miss. You've got Ronnie Stanley, the guy out of Notre Dame. You've got Conklin out of Michigan State, and you got Decker out of Conklin's out of Michigan State. Then you got Decker out of Ohio State. Those are the four guys. And if you're Tennessee, you got to lock up one of them. Why not lock up Tunsil right away at the beginning? Yeah, like right I'd, away.
0: I would agree with you there. That makes the most sense. It makes the most sense for Tennessee, and then they show that they're trying to shore up an offensive line that's been horrible
1: to protect the future. To, and Marcus I mean, it, Mariota. to protect
0: the future of Marcus Mariota, and maybe to start getting some running lanes because I think that this David Cobb could actually be something good. But he's not going to be able to beat anything if he has nothing to run behind. That's the whole problem with Tennessee. Starts up front,
1: and here it is. The floor is yours, Brandon. The end of the podcast, who you got winning the national title game?
0: Yeah, I just wanted to be a pain in the ass for everyone. Everyone knew who I was going with. It's going to be <laughs> Alabama, but I just wanted to, you know, kind of hold it out there, draw it out, and be a big pain, as I usually am. No, Why? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be Alabama. They are going to win this. It is their year. They have had an incredible season. Congratulations to Clemson as well. You guys did a really nice job, but at the end of the day, Alabama is they they've been here before, they've been here before. They know what's going on. This is their time. It's theirs for the taking. If they lose, well, screw them because it was, it was. It's all set up for them. Alabama wins.
1: It I why did I think you were gonna pick anything else? I should have known that you were gonna go with hashtag Roll Tide. But that is gonna do it for the prime time podcast this week. Don't forget. Don't tell Mark about our little secret, guys. I'm counting on you guys. But
0: and, and Ricky, how how sad last time we talk about really the last time we talk about college football.
1: Well, we're going to we'll kind of mention the championship game next next podcast. Yeah, we
0: kind of will, but
1: that reminds me, we're going to have a slight schedule change for next week. Usually Brandon and myself record the podcast on Monday. However, because that's the night of the big game. Expect the primetime podcast to be, instead of a Tuesday, expect it to be out Wednesday in that area instead of Tuesday because we're not going to be recording it. We're going to be watching the game next Monday. And I'm going to be totally honest with you guys. But let us know down below in the comment section what you guys think. Go ahead, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer, plain and simple for you guys. Brandon's at Swan nineteen. Go ahead, hit that repost, that like button on SoundCloud. Hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube. Go follow us on on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod. Facebook, you can like us. The links are down below as always. But as always, have a good day, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.